As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by Bar Canada here at the D here in lovely downtown Las Vegas. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, still to come this hour, Cleve TA on the MVP race in the National Football League. I look forward to that. And Pete Futak on college football. Pete requesting that he would come on for five segments this morning. We relegated him to one. That's what we do. Uh, so there's that. He, he just offered it up. You know, you know, he was like, hey, if you want me for multiple segments, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. We got, we got that. Uh, Jim Root is kind enough to join us right now. College hoops expert for three-man weave. You can follow all their picks at 3MW underscore CBB. How you doing, Jim? What's happening? I'm wonderful. I, I was enjoying you guys kind of sneakily talking up my Packers last segment, hearing about how they might be ascending into the top 10. So, yeah, it, it, life is kind of good. We got a big Bucks in-season tournament matchup tonight, too. So between college hoops and my, uh, my local fandoms from Wisconsin, things are going well. You bet in the NBA? Are you betting the Bucks tonight? Are you doing any of that? Not uh, not competitively to the point that I would give it out to your listeners. Okay. I keep that to just the, the collegiate ranks in my you know eighteen through twenty two year olds. <laughs> All right, let me let me ask you about this uh, eighteen to twenty two year old demo. Uh, this last week, since last we spoke to the three man weavers, uh, Purdue lost at Northwestern, UConn lost at Kansas. I guess no crime there. Uh, Marquette lost at Wisconsin. Tennessee lost at Carolina. That was after they lost to Purdue and Kansas. I guess no crime. Miami lost to Kentucky. No crime. Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington. Crime. Uh, Duke lost to, at Arkansas. They lost to Georgia Tech. Villanova lost to St. Joe's. They lost to Drexel. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, what the what? Uh, which of those concerns you the most? Which concerns you the least? Hmm, I guess I'll probably say Tennessee concerns me the least, uh, just because the competition level that they've been facing is is so high and I think there always is a little bit of a difficulty coming back from Maui. I know UNC was coming back from Atlantis, but that's like almost the same time zone. It's a lot closer. Tennessee's just been through a grind. You know, they already played at Wisconsin before they went out to Maui. Then they had that North Carolina game. So I'm giving them a slight schedule excuse, although I'm a little worried about the offense. Um, Villanova is the one that concerns me the most. I know they had a nice run down in Atlantis and, and got the title. But they're now 0-3 against Big 5 competition, and they just haven't really figured it out against inferior foes. And I think that's that's telling of, of Kyle Neptune on the sideline. Like the, the talent can overcome some certain things, and it definitely did in their, their MTE victory. But th- they just haven't sorted it out when teams junk it up or slow it down and uh, force them to, especially against zones. That's Villanova, if you zone Villanova, they don't know what to do because their whole offense is predicated around attacking mismatches. And that doesn't exist against the zone, and they have not figured that out yet. So I have some real red flags with Villanova just long term because of the coaching on the sideline. Let's talk about coaching for a second, because we always talk about it from the side of, oh, which futures better are you making? And, and here we're taking it from the other side, which is, OK, which team concerns you the most? Which coaches? This is the tried and true college basketball thing. We always get into this at least once or twice a year. Which coaches for you? Because in my head, I'm already thinking like Matt Painter and Purdue in my head. Maybe you don't agree with that. But like, which coaches are you like, I just can't 
forget about futures. I can't back them in any key games because I just don't trust that coach. Which are some of those? Man, and it's tough because I'm tempted to back this this one tonight because of where the number's at and some injuries on the other side. But I, I don't love North Carolina in, in some of the big games. Hubert Davis has given me some reasons to question him going all the way back to the start of last year when Iowa state zoned them. And he's like, I, I didn't even know Iowa state would run zone. And it's like, they've, they've been doing that for years. Otzelberger does that all the time. So it, it felt very uh, poorly scouted and poorly prepared for. And just the way they did not maximize talent last year, that, that was a real problem. So I, I don't, don't love Hubert Davis at North Carolina. Um, Jared Hass at Stanford is a guy that I thought probably should have been gone. Uh, maybe two years ago, especially after last year. And now into this year, they go 0-3 in Atlantis. They lose to Santa Clara uh, at home. It, that, that's a team I don't really like backing either because I don't trust them to maximize possessions and to, to really make quality decisions with the ball. Um, that's two. If I come up with another one later on, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. Painter, painter <clears throat> pardon me, is not one of those for Purdue? No, I, I trust him, especially, you know, maybe in a, in a tournament, it's more a style, you know, them and, and, and Tennessee really have struggled to go far in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it's because they're, they're not able to play different ways. Purdue's not that flexible uh, or haven't been, uh, you know, playing through a big guy and needing to execute in the half court with a lot of that motion based stuff. That's kind of scoutable. They don't have the, you know, clear out for a high ball screen and get a basket that way. That's not been their offense. Curious this year if Lance Jones is the guy that changes things. You know, last night against Iowa, he had, I think, 14 points in the first five minutes after halftime, showed off his speed. I, I still believe in Painter. I don't want to get caught in the trap of, you know, a guy can't win in the tournament because you go back to Jay Wright and, and Tony Bennett, and, you know, they couldn't until they did. Uh, so I, I still think Painter could get there, but this team does have a little bit of rigidity of style that I think is questionable come the postseason. Yeah, see, I never bought into that with Ryder Bennett. I always thought they were good coaches, even when they didn't win it, but not the case in this in this situation. Um, I'm all about Bama and BYU. Those are my futures plays, Jim. I know it's not a Jim Root portfolio of plays, but I'm I'm trying to be like you. Those are my two squads right now. What did you land I on? I love the BYU one. I Dude, love the BYU ones. I, yeah. I know it's hard for people to think of them as that, but this team is good, man. This team is yep. really good. Um, what did you land on today? Yeah, tonight got a, got got a three pack here. Uh, one side, two totals. Start with one of the totals on the main board. Six twenty one, Georgia and Georgia Tech. The over. Uh, I, I love the rivalry name here. Clean old fashioned hate. Just a fantastic name for a rivalry. <laughs> um, both these teams really like to get up and down. You, you mentioned earlier Georgia Tech's coming off the Duke win. Uh, I, I actually was on the over for that game. It didn't get there. Uh, I, I don't love Tyrese Proctor being out for Duke in that one, but I think we see this game get a little more up and down uh, new coach at Georgia tech. Yeah. Sotomayor, but uh, three of the last four or excuse me, the last three have gone over between these two. Now, like I said, new coach changes things, but I, I do think we see a lot of points there between those two. May, mostly because of tempo and because I don't think Georgia Tech's really figured it out defensively yet. Do you like Damon Stod Stoudemire as a coach? Early returns? Yeah, I love him. I and loved him at Pacific. I, I thought he maximized that program really, really well before he took the Celtics assistant job. I, I have this habit of getting way too excited about coaches in their first year and, and overrating the team. I think I, I typically need to wait till second year, but you know, Stoudemire's done some pretty solid work there. You know, beat Mississippi State already, beat Duke. I think he's starting to come around after a couple early efforts were, were shaky. Speaking of Pacific, what do you think about Lorenzo Romar at Pepperdine? Don't answer that. Don't, that's, a, that's just my thought. <laughs> okay. I wasn't supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> All right, so you like the over in this one. Georgia Tech, Georgia, the over. That's the play, 146. What are the other two? Yep, uh, also on main board, 633 on the rotation. Weber State, minus 2.5, taking on Utah Valley. Sort of a, a local-ish rivalry, both teams up in northern Utah. I think of all those teams in the Beehive State as, as disliking each other. Uh, but Weber State's got the best player on the floor by far. Dylan Jones, he's probably close to an All-American at this point, the way he's carried that team. And the supporting cast is really, really solid. They, they make things a little easier for him. They knock down shots. They defend. Uh, and just with Jones, I mean, he's like a 20.6 rebound, five assist type of guy. Completely uh, carries that offense and almost went pro this offseason, but came back and has helped them get some big wins, including at St. Mary's already. Uh, so I'm, I'm not worried about them in a hostile road environment, given what they've shown and, and just having the best player on the floor and a pretty short spread in a rivalry game. I will take the Wildcats on the road there at Utah Valley. All right. And finally, number three. 
You know, I've got to be on the extra board, Gil. I, yes. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't come on here without without <laughs> something off there. On brand. Um, and this, yep, of course. This one is a total 306-502, right at the top of the extra board rotation. Uh, Central Connecticut and Boston College. I'm going with the under. Central Connecticut, definitely a team that likes to play in the half court, especially when they're facing superior competition, as they are in this one. Um, the, the total, I, 143 is what I got. It's at 141 and a half at a lot of places I'm looking. I take it down to 140. I think you're, you're relatively safe on that one. Uh, Boston College, definitely not a team that loves to run either. The one concern is their big man, Quentin Post, can play inside and out, and he's a really tough matchup for Central Connecticut, but uh, definitely handicapped totals heavily with tempo, and I think this one's going to be slower and not super efficient to where it ruins that, that under. Jim, appreciate it as always, man. Good luck with all the plays. Of course. Thanks for having me, Gil. Good to talk to you guys. You too. The great Jim Root from Three Man Weave at 3MW underscore CBB. By the way, you can follow him specifically at Second Chance Points. That's second with the number two in there. Two ND chance points. Yeah, I question about uh about that last play. I feel like uh, <laughs> you really you have a problem with the extra game. I mean, if I was ever gonna make up a school, <laughs> Central Connecticut State, oh man, that sounds like uh that sounds completely fabricated. Yeah, fighting Dame Lillards at Weber State before that. <laughs> Uh, Michael Fabiano, who uh, writes uh, Sports Illustrated also uh, as a Sirius XM fantasy show, points out, in case you haven't yourself, here are some of the quarterback matchups in uh, Week 14 this weekend now, as they, as they set up right at this moment. Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky. C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco. Gardner Minshew versus Jake Browning. <laughs> Baker Mayfield versus Desmond Ritter. I guess that's like the, uh, you know, the venerable uh, one of these. Uh, Josh Dobbs we think versus Aiden O'Connell and Bryce Young versus Jameis Winston question mark. Yeah, yeah that is that is your National list. Football League. Uh, Andrew Siciliano, if Trevor Lawrence can't play Sunday, four of the seven current AFC playoff teams will start a backup quarterback in week 14. Now that said, right, that's the spin, the, the, the sort of negative way. But if you just look at some of these matchups this week, the playoff implications abound. Like, oh, I mean, totally, yeah. this is like I mean, just if we go through these one by one real quick, uh, Jags, Col- Browns, Colts, Bengals, Colts, Bengals is big now. All of a sudden, seven and five versus six and six. Jags, Browns is massive, as we just pointed out. Um, Rams, Ravens, I guess. Sure, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Vikings, Raiders is kind of an elimination-ish feel. Uh, obviously, Seahawks, Niners, Bills, Chiefs being at the top of that. Broncos, Chargers has an elimination feel. Eagles, Cowboys is massive. I mean, there's some ball games with implications, that's for sure. Even though the uh, quarterback situation is, uh, how can I put this? Drek. Pete Futak on the other side. His thoughts on Army Navy, bowl season, and of course the committee. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot, fast, and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. We get tweets. At beating the book. Hey, uh, Kelly, you want me to Ron Burgundy through tweets? I know how much you love when I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shine, the professor, Professor Shine, he says, with the way quarterbacks are dropping like flies, firing Purdy now at three to one is not a good bet, he says. Nothing will be decided until Christmas. Maybe not until New Year's Eve when the Lions go to Dallas on week 17 when resurgent Rams are at San Francisco. With tons of uncertainty, chalk is never a great play. I don't disagree with him. I kind of think like that the, yeah, the ship has sailed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, from a betting standpoint, I, I, I'll I'll say what I said yesterday. Though, if you made me bet something right yeah. now, I would still be betting. That, that. is correct. If but but his me. overall point, I think his overall point sad. is a great one. Martel J. Last night was a textbook live betting situation. Learned so much from you and Todd on evaluating game flow. Hit several live overs. Bengals plus seven or more alt overs plus three fifty to plus four hundred. Sprinkle on the money line. It felt too easy because it was. Thanks for all you do. Well, I'm glad it got home for you. And thank you for the kind note on that. Scott, New York Mets 16. Having both the Pacers and the Suns to win in uh, the in-season tournament, I'm hoping to watch the final on Saturday with my feet up and a big smile on my face knowing I'm cashing either way. Good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, we'll read more of these later on. I want to get to Futak. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't intend to do this two days in a row. But ladies and gentlemen, it's Peter Futak, and you know what that means. Power 5 and Power 5 hierarchy snobbery from the editor-in-chief, the founder, the czar, the emperor of collegefootballnews.com, Pete Futek. How you doing, Pete? I seem to recall there was a time when I was the one screaming from the mountaintop that said, I think it was to, to you, in a deep argument that said 2019 Alabama should not be in because it wasn't really one of the four best teams. And then they won the national championship and you know, that kind of works. So I, I don't know if there's the, this is, they got, so this is such a screwy system this year. Next year, this kind of gets, gets fixed. And for the first time in the college football playoff era, the committee actually had to do some work. I'm going to make three points that I didn't make yesterday on this. One, there's the whole thing. I don't know if you saw everybody yesterday was like, oh, what if the what if the Giants, you know, when when Phil Sims went down and Jeff Hosteller came in, what if they weren't allowed to compete for the Super Bowl? They won the Super Bowl. Uh, Good Nick, talking point. Nick, yeah. Nick Foles, same thing. Drew Bledsoe with Tom Brady. Right. Oh, yeah. What about last night? Whichever Lords, the jokes were abounding by everybody was making the same joke. Oh, I guess the Jaguars should not be allowed to compete for the Super Bowl. now, Right. So there was that NFL equivalent. The other one was that I thought about this uh, during and then I heard uh I heard someone else articulate this, which is the committee knew that they weren't setting a precedent because this is the last time. So they knew they could get away with this nonsense because they're like, well, it won't, won't affect later. So that, that was a point I didn't make yesterday. And it, Joe Pita with a hammer yesterday, he said, he goes, you know what else is a sick, perverse incentive now is what they're saying. He said, FSU nation should have been rooting for a 20-year-old quarterback to suffer a serious injury on another team. Like, that's how, like, that's how ridiculous. Yeah, you can't Pete, do that. Pete, you Pete, can't. Pete, I know, Pete, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just want to finish this. Pete, if I could just finish the sentence. I really appreciate that. Um, so his, his whole thing was nail, nail on that Kirk and Reese, just buttressing what I was saying the other day, which is to me the biggest argument, Pete, which you may not have heard, which is it's just subjectivity versus objectivity. None of y'all know what would have happened. It wasn't going to be Brockland. It was going to be Rotomaker. And I don't want to have this argument anymore because I think y'all are ridiculous. Uh, okay. 
Um, yeah, but that you know, the flip side of that also is you're you're not rooting for anybody to get hurt or anything like that. But yeah, you know, look, you're you're giving too much. You're looking way too deep into the committee. The the, the harsh reality was that Florida State got had zero luck whatsoever. So. First of all, forgetting the four best teams argument thing, because look, right now, Florida State isn't one of the four best teams. It's it's just not. But on resume, yeah, I'm with you. You're, you're, my talking points are yes, the ACC was better than the SEC. I've said this with you before. The SEC should have been out. But the harsh reality was if Oregon beats Washington, Florida State's in because they would have taken Florida State over a, a 12-1 Oregon. If Georgia beats Alabama, Florida state's in because then Texas is probably out and we have our four and it's probably pretty easy. So at the end of the day, Florida state really didn't catch any luck. One team had to be out and they wanted Bama in because they just beat the biggest beat Georgia. I mean, they just, they, they beat the number one team and then you have to put in Texas, which then means Florida state's out. And then to, to not overthink this, remember who these people are. These are people with jobs and real lives. They're not real hardcore dive deep into the woods football people, which is crazy as that sounds. And they're sitting in a room and they watched Texas destroy Oklahoma State. And they watched Alabama. We're not talking Kentucky or Purdue or anything. We're talking Ala freaking Bama here. Just beats Georgia. And then they watched that with Florida State and Louisville. These are humans. That's it's yeah. So here's the other the, the stranger question is they actually caught, forgive the term, a huge break. Because what if Jordan Travis wasn't hurt? What if Florida State was just kind of meh and goes 13 and 0? And they still got to leave out one of these teams. What do you do? Do you leave out Alabama? Probably. I kind of think they might. But the but Travis getting hurt was turned into the right talking point. And look, it's it's precedence there. 73 Michigan got left out of the Rose Bowl cuz Franklin got hurt. I mean, it just it sucks. It's a bad deal. Someone had to be left out. We'll never agree. All right, what do you think about Army Navy? Any thoughts on this game? I uh, just go with the underdog. Just go with the, because this is always kind of a weird rivalry that just defies all logic and reason. Go with the under, go with the, uh, the underdog in this and just take it kind of from there. So, so wait, so you think you actually think just Florida, what do you think Florida is <laughs> going to do again? Cause this is the whole talking point. What do you think? What's going to happen when Georgia beats Florida? It's State by not the point. It is not the point. So are you going to go hard to it's the rim on Liberty? Pete, Pete if do. this were Alabama and they lost their starting quarterback, do you think in a million years they would have used the same justification? Truth they, serum. Would they have, been, would they have Answer beaten Georgia? Though? the question. Yeah, would, yeah. I actually, well, here's the thing, though. Did, but did they beat Georgia with their backup quarterback? So that's the, it's the, they beat number one, Georgia. The answer is not a chance. They would ever do it to Alabama. It's the smoking gun. That's all you need to know. And nothing. Stop it. And by the way, I I said this, I said this to Felica yesterday. I said, I I love Reese. I love Kirk. That was not their finest moment. It was, they they didn't nail it. They nailed themselves. That was unabashed shilling. It was awful. What happens if Alabama beats, I know you're not the point, but, if Alabama's pro- if they beat Michigan, if it's Alabama, Texas for the national championship, Pete, Pete, Pete. I, 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 I'm with you, but like you're, you re- you're, but Florida, you really think Florida state is, well, should deserve to be in this Pete, team right now? Pete, this team right now? They showed up in a power conference, won their championship, didn't lose a game. Their defense is elite. You determine, or the committee determines, Oh, you know what? We're going to invoke this because they don't have Jordan Travis. Um, they're not going to be as good. This guy that they that played the other day was not going to be the guy that played the national semis. Y'all don't know anything from week to week about games anyway. Everybody thought Oregon was going to crush you double. Just use the latest example, right? Nobody sure. knows anything about anything. To rob those players of the opportunity is the only thing that matters here. They are making subjective prognostications into the future. They are not basing it on anything objective. That's the end of the story. Like anybody, they are basing it totally objective. They're they're saying that they're not as good without Jordan. Tra- so that is yeah, pretty objective. they're and, saying and that. How is that objective? Pete, you're ridiculous. You just said it's objective. They're saying it. Really? Saying something's objective? Get out of here well, with it's that. A, it's a, well, it's a, it is a 
fact that he is out. So that is oh, pretty oh objective. God, I, I can't even it, anymore. It, I can't. No, I, it is, but uh, it, I can't. Look, I'm actually with you. I'm, you're Bait. arguing my talking points. No, I I'm not. Florida State should have been in. Oh, but like, well, wait a minute. Did I just parry Mason? You hold on. No, I've said, but I've said this all along. Okay. I've said that they, if you read my Twitter timeline, okay. I go right down the line, but why ACC should have been in over the SEC. Right. I'm saying in practicality though, if you really want the four best teams in, if you really want the best tournament again, right now, Florida state's probably barely a top 10 team right now. I still take Oregon over them. I take Texas over them. Yeah, I, I, I Ohio is, State over those them. are two separate but, conversations. Uh, okay, but that's the it is the conversation. That's no, the entire, it's the conversation. The the, it's the conversation the that they decided to make it because it fit their uh, TV and money agendas. No, and, no, no. Yes, no, it no, is. No, no, no. That part's wrong. Pete, that part's absolutely Pete, wrong. Pete, the, the, Pete, it's not a corrupt system. Pete, you're claiming it's rigged. Pete, that is you're right. Is it's an exhibition. Your sport is not a sport. It's an exhibition, and the semis are a college football exhibition. It's not a sport on anything that was meritocracy. Period. End of story. It's just not. Do you disagree okay. with that? Gospel, do, you disa- gospel, do, you disagree, do you disagree with that? I, I got 30 seconds here, so gospel according to Gill, I guess I have. To, They're 13-0 right? in a power conference that won their championship, and they beat everybody in front of them. I'm sorry, what did I miss? Uh, Jordan Travis got hurt, and they're not as good oh, now. We, go. we got to but... spin this around for two. I mean, what do you want me to say? They're, 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 they're missing their guy. They're not as good I now. tried not to have the conversation, and yet here we are again. Peter. I love you, Gil Alexander. I you, you, you. love you. You're my guy. Thank you, Pete. Pete Futak, everybody. <laughs> we'll come back. Cleve TA on the MVP race of the NFL next. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSEN. That's V S I N. The crown is yours. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, live from Barcanada, the barrage here at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Lovely downtown Las Vegas. <laughs> We could have done five segments with Futek. Huh? <laughs> he, uh, he was ready to go, man. We get tweets. You know what's so good about sports and sports betting, though? Yeah. This is what happens. As infuriated as I was about that all weekend and even into yesterday. Yeah, I couldn't care the, less today. The Jags beat last night yes. and everything that it affected yeah. betting-wise for me. I'm a Florida State grad, and I don't even care nearly as much what? today as I did 24 hours me ago. Me neither. Or 36 hours. You think hours I wanted ago. to have that conversation again? <laughs> Uh, Evan Klein, Jesus Christ, Pete is really drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Pam also lost to Auburn, who just got smoked by New Mexico State. Nate King, Coach Prime at FSU and 13-0, they're in because it's an entertainment business. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're totally in. Uh, Finn Fan Vol Holland. I like that one. If FSU losing Travis is so impactful, they don't they don't get in after going undefeated. Why isn't Travis invited as a Heisman finalist? Maybe that FSU team is way more than the quarterback. A lot of people were making that uh, that comment yesterday as well. Uh, this is from Mad Marine seventy seven. Uh, also making the point about Deion Sanders and FSU. Uh, same same one. Mark Geiger, in house attorney for a numbers game. It is my professional opinion. That any jury listening to Gil versus Pete would find in Gil's favor 100% of the time. Also, love the passion you showed. Um, I mean, I'll give Pete some style points credits where at least he, I, I think he was trying to make the point that he would have boxed out the SEC. Is that, in what, his is, that, is that what yes, he was making? Yes. Is that what the point he was making? Yeah. I missed that point. Like, he was actually trying to say he would have Florida State in, but he would leave the SEC out. Hmm. But then arguing with you, too. I, I, I told you I love Pete. I <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. Uh, numbers, guys. Maybe get Pete a dictionary at the break. Oh, and if you really want the four best teams objectively, why not just have Pete pick them? <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's what Dr. Bob said last week, right? Like, if you really want to play that game, get some, get some Vegas odds makers yeah. and like, let's do that. I mean, George is in the top four but, for sure. But that, I said that yesterday. I was like, George is sixth and FSU is fifth, so it's not about that. Right, clearly. it's not about that. Sky high megapod gill nearly comes out in full force <laughs> when Pete comes on ANG. Listening on the radio just makes me think of what Kelly looks like enjoying listening to this debate, unless he's looking for basketball or golf plays while this is all going on. Died laughing when I read this tweet <laughs> because, yes, about halfway through that, I was absolutely looking at some oh, NBA man. lines for tomorrow. <laughs> man, oh, man. 
Uh, oh, do we have Cleve yet? No, don't have Cleve yet. Okay, we'll, we're still searching for Cleve on this. Um, okay, about our bets in the NFL this week. All of that in the wash after that game yesterday between the Jags uh, and the Bengals, which, again, Jags losing outright as 10-point favorites and could be much worse than just the loss itself, going from being on the cusp of a number one seed in the AFC to now just having a one-game lead, despite having a good schedule, an easy schedule moving forward. But still, now just having a one-game lead over two different teams, the Texans and the Colts, in the AFC South. And lots of folks like Kelly who have uh, Jags NFC South tickets, uh, AFC South tickets, pardon me, that are still now very much up in the air. When we go to week 14, so last week on Guessing Lines, I loved everything. Bet four right on the show, went 5-0 and oh in Circa Million. Two weeks ago in Thanksgiving, I hated everything. I went 1-4. and four. Yep. It reflected that. Real quick, can I, can, I, can I hit on the AFC South real quick? Yeah, yeah. Because the Drew brought this up, and it it becomes tougher. If you have Jags tickets right now, with what the Colts have been doing recently, this becomes tougher. It's not like you can just buy easily buy off your position on the Jags right. with you know with a Texan side. Do I think the Texans would be most likely to win that division? If not the Jags, yes, but man, right now I think it's too muddy. Like I'm not running to make any bets today. Um, I, I just look at this slate of games and I'm thinking, okay, if you made me play, just let's go with the, with the, we got to play five with the whole approach of no, no, let's forget five. My God, I don't want to do five. (laughs) What if I just had to play one right now? One, like what's my one play on a week that has a Monday night double header, by the way, which I like. Packers, by the way, up to six and a half on the road now at the Giants. Dolphins 13 and a half at home against the Titans. The Cowboys are three and a half now hosting yeah, um, the Eagles. A couple right? three, uh, three minus 120s out there you could grab. I think the 10 and a half on the Niners, although that's where I guess it is, is a scary amount of points against the Seahawks team that look good against the Cowboys yeah, so as much as I love the, uh, the Niners. I just I look at these games with all the backup quarterbacks. And so if the answer to the question of if I had to pick one game on a Tuesday, what would it be? You know what I feel is as good as any play? It's the worst thing that's ever coming out of my mouth. The Chargers giving three to the Broncos. Yeah, you brought that up. You brought that up yesterday. There's two and a halves out there on the two and a halves out there, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like as unreliable and as shaky as the Chargers are. The Broncos are shakier based completely on turnover differential in their run. And I don't, I have a, I just have a feeling that the Chargers talent at some point has to win out in this. So I guess in a week where I like nothing, that's about as confident as I feel in any play. I haven't made it yet though. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just trying to reflect at how shaky I feel about this slate. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think I think if I had to go with one, it would be the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, even at current number, um, I bet that already. I do agree with Drew, and I think you you said it yesterday too. I think we're all kind of leaning towards that Bills side one way or the other against the Chiefs, either in a teaser. I don't think the Chiefs are very good, man. I, it, even though I know, I know I have them three still, there's a lot of prior in that, and I feel like I'm I feel like that's a reputation ranking in my head. I realize that's a flaw. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also fine to just say you've got respect for the best quarterback in the NFL. It is, and a good defense to, you know. The defense mostly. has been great. I, yeah. I, you know, Drew brought it up as more of a, a, you know, more of a bad thing for the Chiefs. But, I mean, Pacheco's been awesome. Where would they be out without Isaiah Pacheco right now? I mean, like, he has been carrying this team through some of these games. Which of these teams? We go through these teams. Who's better than they were last year? The Chiefs aren't as good as they were last year. The Bills aren't as good as they were last the year. The Eagles aren't as good. The Eagles aren't as good as they were last year. Um, Niners are. Cowboys are. Cowboys are. Better or, or better. Dolphins are. Ravens are. Those four. So, I mean. <laughs> trying to think who else I could, I could for sure say that about. All right. Let's do, let's do AFC versus. I mean, I mean the, the, obviously there's bottom feeder teams, right? Yes. Texans, Colts are better yeah, than what they yeah. I'm just talking about the top. AFC versus NFC, if you took it as a, and these, these bets are available, these, these markets are available. But right now, with all of the quarterback injuries and the fact that the NFC was down to begin with, is it fair to characterize the Super Bowl right now as San Francisco slash Philly slash Dallas versus Baltimore slash Miami slash Kansas City? No. 
I completely agree with that NFC side, and I think that nothing's changed from the preseason to now with that. I think it will still be one of those three teams. It feels like it's three versus three. I think the AFC is still up for a little bit more up for grabs. Who? I, I mean, it's just... I mean, we don't know about Trevor Lawrence right now. We don't. We I, don't. I still think that the Bill... What were the three you gave? Ravens? <laughs> Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, know. I, th- I, think the, I think the Bills could make a push. We don't know what's going on with Trevor oh, Lawrence. No, I, think I, that I think the Bills could make a push. I'm, I'm again, yeah. I'm quoting LL Cool J with them. I, I think they're the team you don't want in the playoffs. I really do. Like, I think just based on Josh Allen alone, you don't want them in. But right now, at this moment in time, on a Tuesday, in between yeah. weeks 13 and 14, it really does feel like it's three versus three. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer on who, yeah. uh, who, but none of those three teams, and I think this speaks a little bit about what you just said about the Chiefs. Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, none of them are dominant enough for me to say that, that for sure it's going to be one of those three. Okay, that's fair. Especially in the, especially in the NFL playoff format, right? It take, all it takes is one game, one bad game, and you're out. The Ravens feel like, to me, this is completely just sort of Malcolm Gladwell blink stuff here. They feel to me like that team that just gets the rap of they've never done it before. Therefore, in my mind's eye, I can't see it happening. Absolutely, absolutely. And Gil, you know I'm stuck yes. in that way. I ha- I yes. am absolutely that guy stuck with that in that way with the Ravens. I will not disagree with that at all. If we go to DVOA, let me just see how Aaron Schatz ranks these right now. Just one metric, right? DVOA. A couple, we'll couple line moves real quick. I just want to bring up Please. the Jacksonville-Cleveland game has uh, reopened. This was reopened. Browns like two, two and a half most places. This has been bet immediately. I brought that up earlier, yeah. Cleveland up to Cleveland. three. Cleveland's oh, up to three. three. Okay. And then the total was kind of all over the place, too. It was between like 30 and a half and 33. Under money coming in, we're about thirty and a half to thirty-one on that game. Now, we yeah, we got two games, two games this week where we're going to be approaching the twenties on these totals. And uh, Steelers down to five, which is the game besides the Steelers Patriots that that's thirty, thirty and a half. Jags Browns, Jags Browns. Yeah. What is that now, right now? Thirty and a half. Jesus, nineteen ninety-three. The last time it was that low on, a, on any incredible. total. Here's what Aaron Schatz has. I don't know if these are updated this morning. And keep in mind with DVOA. He has no way of projecting the Jaguars forward without Trevor Lawrence. So this is back looking. San Francisco one, Baltimore two, Kansas City three, Miami four, Dallas five, Buffalo six, Lions seven, Eagles eight, Jacksonville again with the limitations of what they're doing with DVOA. Looking backwards is nine, Pittsburgh ten, Houston eleven, Cleveland twelve, Chargers thirteen. Steelers still there? <laughs> well, this is, I don't know when this was last updated. Probably not but that's updated. That's what it is right now. Remember, we brought that up last week. Last updated December 5th. So, yes, it is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we'll come back. More NFL and beyond. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good, because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them, but with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly, so get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. College bowl season is here at VSIN. Has an early Christmas present for you. Now, a VSIN pro subscriber, not a VSIN pro subscriber yet. Well, no problem. We're giving away this year's college bowl betting guide to everyone. We got spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger for every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get a free copy of our VSIN college football bowl betting guide absolutely free. Visit VSIN.com slash bowl guide and get your free copy today. Skill Alexander. It is Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D. Uh, someone someone said that I should uh, apologize to Pete, to which I said, no, I shouldn't. I love that guy. It's my guy. <laughs> hey, it's all, especially it's with, all good fun. with Chris and Pete. It's all, ah, I, I, it's all mutual respect. Yeah, man. No, we love each other. Um, it's a fun debate, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, he is one of the great... And I mean this, one of the great NFL Twitter follows there is. He was kind enough to uh, join us on the Megapod a couple weeks back. He's done so now in consecutive years. You can follow him on Twitter at C-L-E-V-T-A. That's Cleve T-A. He joins us now. How you doing, Cleve? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Um, before we get into your thoughts on MVP, let's just talk about what we were talking about off air. You're looking at this Browns total. You have some numbers on totals this low? Yeah, well, especially with Browns games, I, I actually uh, grabbed the under 38 yesterday morning when I saw the extended weather report. Obviously, it's a little bit uh, you, you don't always want to take those. You take those with a grain of salt sometimes. But I know how Cleveland weather is, especially in December on the lakefront. And um, I saw there's going to be 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, potentially uh, some rain. And just with, you know, obviously the offensive uh, ineptness potentially with, with this Browns team. I, I grabbed that under. And then obviously now with, with Trevor Lawrence probably being out, Chris, uh, Christian Kirk probably being out, this total has plummeted down to, I think, 30 or 30 and a half, which is uh, pretty, pretty nuts. It, it reopened, I thought, 34 this morning. So we're getting a lot of under money. And so I went back and looked at my database since 2000 in um, Browns home games in December and January with a total of uh, 40 or less or sorry, with all totals, the average total has been 40. Um, 69% of those games have gone under, which is crazy in, in December and January. You wow. just don't want to um, go against uh, against that move. So it makes sense that this number is dropping significantly. And even at a total of 30, I mean, it's just if the weather is going to be you know choppy like that, it's it's uh, pretty indicative of a low scoring game. Yeah, uh, I want to give you your uh, your street cred here, if you will. I, I don't want people to just take my word for it that you're one of the great Twitter followers. How are you doing in contests this year? And, and historically, how many times have you cashed in some of these contests? So I, I'm, I'm hitting it right around 60%. And I think the last time when I was on the Megapod uh-huh. like three, four weeks ago, I was right at 60%. Yeah. I just been, it's just been a three and two train. Like that's, I can't budge the three and two, uh, for the last month. So, you know, I, I'm going to end up being, you know, it's going to be, it's going to look nice on paper, but it's not going to, it's likely not going to cash unless I go on a real monster run here, uh, at the end. I've just been, you know, I, I've only cashed, uh, one time and it was about three, four years ago. Uh, I was like 33rd place. Um, and then last year or sorry, two years ago, I was top five with a couple weeks left and then just hit oh. a really cold streak oh. and dropped out. I was, you know, I ended up like one fiftieth or something. So oh. I think I've hit over 60% in, you know, four times in the last, you know, seven, eight years. So I've, I've done well overall. It's just, you know, when you, when you start talking about caches and, and hitting in that, you know, mid to upper 60% range, you know, that gets difficult. So uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe I make a late run here, but the, you know, I, I'm not too disappointed with how it performed. Uh, it's amazing. I said, well, we say it all the time, 60% great in real life. 
different story in this in these massive contests, right? It's just it's the point where you yeah. you can't even start to talk about your entry unless you're at sixty percent. Uh, I wish you luck the rest of the way. Is there a side or sides that you are sure you're going to play amongst your five this week? Well, so I, uh, along with that under in the Browns game, I did take the bears at four yesterday. It's been dropping ever since with, with, again, with the weather in Chicago and you know, uh, the way the, the, uh, the bears defense is played and the, the way the lions defense is not played very well of late and Jared Goff outdoors, like everyone is jumping on the bears. So uh, it's getting down to three at some point. I, I'm hoping it's going to be three and a half when the contest comes out. Cause that will definitely be a play. Uh, but at this point, the way the number is uh, spiraling, uh, I'm not sure we'll get there. So, um, you know, but that would definitely be one at three and a half. And then, you know, I'm looking at some other I haven't really dug in enough to to love a side one way or another. Um, you know, if the bills go to three, that's a potential. Uh, but, you know, uh, otherwise, um, you know, I haven't looked deep enough to, to know for sure. These lines change so much, uh, you know, in the next 48 hours, it's going to be hard to uh, to know for sure. All right. Uh, CleveAnalytics.com, by the way, CLVAnalytics.com is where you can uh, find some of Cleve's work as well. Let us talk MVP. Um, you are in the Brock Purdy camp. I will let you speak. We'll throw some of your tweets up as well, but I will let you speak and, and give us your your elevator pitch. Not even elevator pitch, as long as you want to go on why you believe this is the guy. And would you, part and parcel with that, would you still bet him at 3-1 to one right now? Yeah, so I hate politics, right? But this is like my presidential campaign. This is like my, um, you know, this, this is who I'm backing is uh, is Purdy. And I didn't really come to this conclusion until maybe a week or two ago. We had traded some messages. And just the more I dug into it, it just made sense. I was I, the only MVP ticket I had before Purdy was Mahomes uh, probably two months ago. Uh, I thought I got a good price. He was heading into uh, an easy schedule, but just didn't materialize. So uh, I was looking at some other options. And the more I dug in, just Purdy made a lot of sense. And I grabbed it at 16 to one early last week and just anticipate, you know, I was anticipating that this Eagles game was going to, you know, drive the number down if he had a good game and the Niners, you know, win, which I thought they would. And, you know, that's obviously what happened. And just to me, when you dig in, I, you know, he leads in so many categories from a statistical standpoint. I mean, he's number one in yards per attempt by a mile. He's a QBR, passer rating, EPA per play, which we've talked about, you know, has is, is been a strong predictor of success from an MVP candidate uh, standpoint in the last decade. I think nine of the last 10 have led an EPA. Um, so he leads in all those stats, you know, that, that make a lot of sense. And then you just look at, you know, compared to a guy like Dak Prescott, who I love, I have, I have the Cowboys, I picked them to, to win the NFC before the season started. So I appreciate what he's done and he's been excellent. He's faced a really easy schedule, by the way, he's faced one top 10 pass defense by EPA. And that was against the Niners. And he fell on his face. Like not only did they struggle and lose 42, 10, but he had the single worst EPA any quarterback has generated against that Niners defense the entire season. That was Dak Prescott. So in his one kind of big test, he failed it. Uh, otherwise, he's destroying these really bad defenses, these bad teams. And like that doesn't to me, that just doesn't move the needle enough against a guy like Purdy, who has the stats, who against Dallas, uh, his main competition and Dak Prescott, uh, he tore them apart for the second highest EPA that Dallas has allowed all season. So they've got a head to head matchup that he he won. He beat you know Jalen Hurts and the Eagles uh, convincingly. So. You know, when you compare, uh, you know, side by side, I, you know, I just don't know how Dak, Pres Dak Prescott gets it over a guy like Purdy. You know, maybe in a normal season uh, when we have a bunch of good quarterback uh, candidates, you know, I can see, you know, Purdy being pushed down. But in a season where, you know, scoring is down and there's not a ton of great candidates out there, like he just makes the most sense on the clear best team in the NFL, a team that's going to win 11, 12 games easy. And historically, that's been a, a, a hurdle is you need to win at least 11 games to to have a, a strong candidacy for MVP. And then, by the way, who gets who has gotten blitzed the most of any quarterback in the NFL this year? That's Brock Purdy. Forty five percent of the time he's been blitzed more than any other quarterback. And he's the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. When you look at PFF, uh, uh, PFF grades, 13 TDs, one interception. Dak Prescott has been blitzed at the 25th highest rate. He has maybe the best offense line of football, so he can sit back there and pick, you know, defenses apart. Like, so all this stuff about surrounding talent and all those things. I mean, 
uh, Dak Prescott is getting a lot of help. So I just think it makes a lot of sense from uh, from that standpoint. And just to be clear, T.A. and I came to these independently. I bet this before you and I ever interacted on this. And it was just it's a great buttressing conversation to have about this candidacy. And it makes us feel good now that he is the short shot. Let me just ask you this at the very end. Um, Tyreek Hill, you are a believer that they will not vote a non-quarterback into this award? Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a shoe in for uh, player of the year or offensive player of the year. But I, I just think it's really hard uh, to get a guy who's not a quarterback to win MVP. It's just we, we haven't seen it in so long. And I think it's such a quarterback driven league. Unless I get if Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy fall on their face, you know, maybe he makes a run here at the end. But, you know, and I, by the way, I, I, I think I tweeted about it two months ago that like he is he makes more of an impact than any other non-quarterback that I believe is out there. He just changes the way the defense is played. So I I fully am on board with that. But when you're trying to predict, you know, you're betting on who voters will will pick. I have to go with a quarterback. T.A., I so appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for that perspective. I appreciate it. Go Purdy. Go Purdy. <laughs> go Purdy. At C-L-E-V-T-A on the old Twitter machine. One of the, like you said, one of the best NFL followers out there. Yes. Every NFL offseason. So good. Yep. So objective. I love it. He's you great. Got to get your NFL VEASAN preview guide, and then you got to go to cleveanalytics.com and get, the, love get it. his. Shout out to Pete Futek. Shout out to uh, Drew Didzik. Shout out to everybody who's on the show, including Jim Rue today. Thank you. Best bets is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the sports betting network. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, What's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.